You're listening to Parenting in the First Three Years, the place where we explore the strategies and soul of parenting from pregnancy through the first three years of life. I'm your host, Ann McKittrick. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey there, and welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined me today. If you're expecting a baby or if you have one that's under the age of about one and a half, you are going to love this episode. My guest is Becky Vieira, the voice behind the popular Instagram account, Witty Otter, where she's leading the shift in the way that women speak about motherhood. For more than seven years, she's been a go-to writer in the parenting space for popular outlets like Baby Center and Scary Mommy. Before becoming a writer, Becky spent more than 15 years as a publicist for some of the biggest public relations agencies representing major consumer brands like Mattel's Barbie, Disney Consumer Products, and the charitable program Stand Up to Cancer. She lives in California with her husband and her son, and she's got such incredible insight and wisdom to share with all of us around what new moms are experiencing and what we really need to be thinking about and talking about with them. So here we go. Enjoy this conversation with Becky Vieira. Well, Becky, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I can't wait to talk to you and hear what's going on in your head as you were writing this book. So welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So let's start by telling us the name of your book and why you wrote it. My book is called Enough About the Baby, A Brutally Honest Guide to Surviving the First Year of Motherhood. There's a lot that went into this, but essentially when I was a new mom, I was hit with so many things that I didn't expect. And it's not that I was naive or ill-prepared. It was, you know, things that I knew, but I think that the depth to these things was never explained. As a result, I started going through this first year thinking, it's harder for me. I'm experiencing these things that no one else has told me. Therefore, it must be just me. And that kind of started leading me down a path where I thought maybe I was a bad mom or shouldn't have become a mom. And then I started speaking out on social media and writing articles and talking about these things and found that it's a very common theme and thread among women that there's a lot of things that we don't hear about. That's because people forget, or maybe they don't want to talk about it. It's just not really out there for us. And through my writing, I started putting that out there, getting feedback from moms, finding that there's all these topics that we really do need to discuss, that we want to discuss, Mm -hmm. that new and expecting moms are craving this information. And this book is kind of the result of the last seven years of writing about motherhood, but motherhood with the lens focused on the mom. It's not about how to be a mom, how to parent your child. It's not about the baby. It's about how the mom can take better care of herself by having a greater understanding of what's going on and realizing and being encouraged to prioritize herself because we cannot care for those babies if we're falling apart. It's such an amazing thing to approach motherhood with this perspective of self-care as a parallel path to taking care of your child, you know? And I really love and appreciate that that message is getting out there. I think that, you know, it's not as if it wasn't said, it just, it's not everybody heard it, you know? Yeah. And that really is the beauty of the world today is through social media, people can learn these things that 
they may not have just had the opportunity to before. Yeah. You yeah. Because all I can tell my own daughter is what I experienced. And she might be experiencing a whole plethora of things that right. I've never experienced. I can remember my mother yeah. saying that to me. Well, gosh, Ann, I just don't know. I never experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Even, even or, around my emotions about it, you know? Yeah. And also, too, sometimes with the distance, we forget. We can forget in three years and five years. So sometimes when you're speaking with a mother or a grandmother, there's mm-hmm. going to be an even bigger gap. And right. I think, you know, the little minutia, they might not remember. Right. So in some ways, I don't think anyone is intentionally withholding this. I think it's a lack of, you know, being at the forefront. It's been so long. Mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. think though, that there is a bit of this generational idea that's just been passed down was that everybody has done this and Mm -hmm. we've all done it. We've all been there. We've all gone through it. It's hard. Like just keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Buck up. And it doesn't need to be that way. It's like you said with the world today and social media, and we can connect with so many people. We have a chance to share stories and trade experiences and the world is different. And Mm -hmm information and knowledge is really at our fingertips now. And that's what we've come to expect. And that's what mothers are looking for these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are some of the big things that you wish that you would have known beforehand that would have made your mothering journey a little bit different? I think that for me personally, feeding my child became a big issue. I breastfed and I was very lucky in that I had a great supply that my son latched. I mean, a lot of women can struggle and go the other way. It's hard in every way. There's a struggle. For me, I was producing, I was having clogged ducts. I was having just a miserable time. My son had acid reflux. For a while, I found myself breastfeeding sometimes every 45 minutes. I mean, it was really hard. And I just had times where I thought I can't do it anymore. Whether it was his pediatrician or my lactation consultant, and I raised the idea of maybe switching to formula or including formula. And it was met with just disgust or shock and horror. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you have such a great supply. He's latching. Why would you even consider that? This is so good for him. And that's all I ever heard. It's so good for him. It's so good for him. And here I was kind of saying, well, it's not good for me, but it didn't register with anyone. In doing the book, one of the pediatricians I spoke with said, you know, she tells her patients that breastfeeding doesn't have to be all or nothing, that you can combo feed that these formula companies spend so much money trying to best, you know, simulate breast milk that they can. There's plenty of women who can't breastfeed and formula is okay for them. I mean, one of my best friends had a mastectomy between her second and third child. She couldn't breastfeed mm-hmm. and nobody had a problem with that. Right. Yet, if you have boobs, you're expected to do that. <laughs> so I think I wish that I had known that somebody had said, you know, your mental health matters. Right. Babies are going to be fed. They're all going to grow up. They're all going to, you know, pick up dirt off the ground and eat it, whether it's a (laughs) breastfed baby or a formula fed baby, you know, that you matter too approach that I think is really lost once the baby comes. And what I tell moms is when you look at a classroom full of three-year-olds or a bunch of kids playing at the park, you can't tell by looking at them who was breastfed and who was bottle fed. It's so important in the first year. And yeah. so unimportant for the rest of their lives. Yeah, know? and the same goes as they get older for 
pacifiers and co-sleep yes. and potty training and every single know, piece I, of it that we I don't remember any so much in high school with the pacifier or showed up to college you know co-sleeping with their parents right. <laughs> it all works itself out it does yeah so why do you suppose that people are so hesitant to give pregnant moms some of the information that you share so freely in your book what do you think is the hitch I think there's several you know People worry maybe they're going to scare them off. Maybe it's going to be too much for someone. For me, my whole thing is I'm not forcing anyone to read this. I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not sending the book to everyone's home. If you want to consume this information, and I have it here for you. If you'd rather not know, if you're afraid it's going to scare you, if you're afraid it's going to cause some sort of problem, by all means, don't. Don't buy right. the book. But I found that there's more women than not who are ready for this information, who've been asking for this information. I think a lot of times too, and again, this kind of goes back to this whole, you know, buck up and do it, that there's a fear in sounding as if we're complaining or Mm -hmm. we're ungrateful about Mm -hmm. being moms and Mm -hmm. our children in motherhood. You know, I always joke that whenever anyone wants to say something, talk about the not so pretty parts, they always say, don't get me wrong. I love my child, but right. you know, it's a compelling urge that for some reason we can't speak of something without reminding everyone that we love it. Of course you love your child. Of course you mm-hmm. love motherhood, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you were happy last night at three in the morning when your child had a diaper blowout and it got in your hair. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay to not like all of it. It's okay yeah. to say, gosh, you know what? I really don't like my partner right now. And uh-huh. I don't you know, I need more or, you know, anything right. is life and it's real and it's real life. And it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Nothing is. Sure. Right. But yeah. for some reason, we're not supposed to speak of parenthood in any way other than that. I just think it does a disservice to so many people as it did right. to me. Yeah, I totally understand that and relate to what you're saying. It works that way with anything, right? <laughs> the new yeah. house that you want so bad. Yeah. You know, eventually that house becomes a lot. And yeah. it's not that you don't like your house. It's just that it's a lot. Just like a kid. Yeah. <laughs> you really want that kid. You really want the second kid, the third, the fourth. But it's yeah. a lot, you know, yeah. as time goes through. Yeah. And it's like, you know, my son is now six and he was in timeout for something the other day. And his new thing is, oh, it's probably because you hate me. <laughs> kids I don't hate you I love you I always love you sometimes yes I get frustrated with you or just as you sometimes get frustrated with me it's okay it's okay to have those moments but Mm -hmm. it doesn't take away from the love right yeah so one thing I like I want to go back to this about people who might not want to read your book what I love about your book I just want to say let people know there's a few things in here that I think are really mentionable One is that you have a lot of really great authentic mom stories that are included. And then there's the expert tips that are all throughout. But I love how on every chapter, you just kind of summarize it in numbers, you know, number one, this, number two, that. And so if you feel like it's too much information, you could just go and read those bullets, you know. And that's exactly what they're there for. You know, I read books up until... My son was born and after that, it was just like, give it to me in a nutshell. My brain cannot handle one more thing. So yeah, yeah, ideally you'd read the entire chapter or listen to the entire chapter. But if you can't, just go to the end. It's all there. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, one of the things that you talk in your book about is about having a village. And sometimes there's not a village. So did you have a village? No, no, I didn't. My husband and I moved when I was seven and a half months pregnant. So I gave birth in a town where I knew no one. And, you know, it's hard. It's very hard. It's motherhood in itself is very isolating and lonely, especially in those early days, because you really are kind of beholden your child and their needs. And it's not easy to leave the house, whether you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding, it takes a lot. And newborns need a lot of naps. There's just a lot of things that go into it. And I didn't really have anyone besides my husband, you know, who I could turn to and talk about that. You know, in this whole concept of a village, I think we think about it from previous generations. Like what my mother had was this village of, you know, her friends and neighborhood moms, and maybe they weren't working or they were working part time and everybody was kind of there to help. That doesn't really exist now. More of us are working. We're working out of the house post pandemic. If we're working in the house, we're still busy. We're still not able to, yes, send your child over. Of course I can watch them. And this model of the village, I think that we assume is just outdated. I think we also look at the village and think it needs to be this big thing. And sometimes Mm -hmm. your village is going to be one person. For the longest time, my village was virtual. It was other women I met online. Mm -hmm. So while I wasn't having anyone to physically step in and help me, I was having people who were emotionally helping me, which matters too. I think it's just this concept that it's this bubble that ensconces us of help, of support, of running errands for you, listening to you. And it's not, it's not. It needs to be redefined and re-looked at because sometimes it is just that virtual support. For Mm -hmm. me, it took a long time. I had to put myself out there. I joined mommy and me classes and the first class, you know, everyone was lovely. I didn't connect with anyone. Mm Mm-hmm. It was kind of this harsh reality that, you know, just because we both have a cervix <laughs> and a child, it doesn't mean we're be friends. And, you know, it's hard, especially I have a hard time putting myself out there. I have a hard time kind of reaching out to people. I would be terrible in sales, you know, but it was going to those park play dates, those meetups, joining mommy and me group again, trying again, where finally mm-hmm. you make one friend. And sometimes one friend can be all the difference in the world. Oh, um, absolutely. You know, I think we just really need to redefine what this village is or what our idea of a village is mm-hmm. and realize, <clears throat> you know, we're likely going to have to build it ourselves. Right. And that's hard. And that's especially hard why you have a new baby, right? Because everything's hard when you have a new baby, but you sure don't feel like going and reaching out to people that you don't know very well. Yes. But I was was hard. How was I going to, you know, go out and be cheerful and engage in conversation? (laughs) Dry shampoo can only go so far. I had a boss once and he used to say, never underestimate the power of the ask. It's true. We all just want to be asked. Yeah. But it's hard to do the asking, yeah. <laughs> especially when you really don't know people very well. Yeah, it's a very vulnerable place. It to is, be, I think. Because yeah. there's a 50-50 chance they're going to say, no, thank you. Yes. And then you have to move on and, to. Yeah. And that's also rejection. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that goes into being a new mom. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's extend that just a little bit further. What if your village that's around you is not helpful? What's your advice to parents who are facing that? So in the sense, like if your village isn't helpful, 
some examples like, I've heard of that is relatives. <laughs> right. Like I've heard from some women who say that their parents or their in-laws or their relatives want to come over, but all they want to do is hold the baby. And they actually have looked to the new mother to almost host them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, yes, you're a new mom. I'm here. Hand me the baby. And I need an iced tea. And by the way, are there any chips and crackers or things like that? (laughs) Or they won't leave. That does get tricky and that does happen. You really have to dig down deep. And this is different for everyone. It's easy for some. It's not easy for others. And you need to let your needs be known. A lot of times it's best to kind of take stock of that if you can before your baby's born. I think if it's an existing village and it's family or friends, You might have an idea of how it could go or how they tend to be, but you're within your right to say, hey, you know, I know you're going to want to come over. Could that be when I shower? Or, you know, when you come over, would it be okay if that's the time maybe you take the baby and I go and lay down? You know, really just trying to set these guidelines in advance. You know, if it's something that just blindsided you and, and you didn't expect at all, Again, that's when you kind of dig down deep and say, you know, we love when you come over and it's wonderful and it's great to have company and the baby loves to see you. Maybe could you bring a snack or something so I'm not always (laughs) serving you? And a lot of women put it on their partner. You know, that's what they're there for, whether it's their mother or the partner's mother or their best friend. Sometimes it's just, you got to do this for me, Mm -hmm. you know, and enlist someone else. It doesn't have to be that the mom is always doing the heavy work or Mm -hmm. things like that. And also there's times when sometimes maybe you just have to lie. And if you have someone coming over all the time, you can say, you know, that's great, but yes, come over at five, but please know that at 545, we're going to Zoom with my cousin in Alaska. So we're going to need you to leave by then. You know, starting to kind of take ownership, I think, of those Mm -hmm. interactions. And Mm -hmm. it's not easy. No, it's not easy. We do have experts in the book, again, who go into how, why, and what you can do and give great examples. Right. And I love how you have the list of questions in the back of the book of things to talk about with your partner before the baby comes. And that's definitely on the list of things to talk about. Yeah. And you know, those questions really, those are from moms. Those are my questions that I've vetted with moms. Those are questions moms have sent in. I mean, this is years of work. So I think Mm -hmm. what I like about the book or what I'm proud of about the book is that it's not just me in a vacuum telling my story and my thoughts. We've got these mom stories. We've got these experts. The things that I'm suggesting, such as these questions, come from several years and hundreds and thousands of moms who've graciously given feedback and helped. Yeah, it's a really very comprehensive list, you know, especially in the back. But another thing I was thinking as you were talking about this, being the person who has to say, you know, set some boundaries and say, this is what we're going to be able to do. And this is what we're not between you and your partner and whoever else lives in your house. Everybody knows who's capable of doing that job and who would rather not do that job, you know, whether it's the mom or somebody else. And just Planning for it, I think, is the important thing. It's just to think it through in advance. Yeah. And again, those questions are things that a lot of moms don't think of. One mom that I spoke with when her first child was born, it was her parents, her in-laws, her two brother-in-laws and their wives 
were in the room when she came back from giving birth. She didn't get to hold her son for an hour and a half. Nobody would leave. I mean, when she went to breastfeed, everyone just stood there. And she said, these are things that she never thought to address, you know? So it's going as early to how are we going to handle hospital visits? What if I need people to leave? All those things. Yeah, Yeah. And you can think it won't be a problem. You can think a lot of things and Sometimes it is. You don't Mm -hmm. expect it, but it is. Mm -hmm. Right. And you really, I mean, kind of the theme of your whole book is you really don't know what to expect until it happens. Yeah. And you don't even know what your emotional response is going to be until that moment either, you know? Yeah. I mean, I had a lot of preconceived notions about how things would be or how I would feel, how I expected things to go. You know, a lot of times you can throw it all out the window. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's things just as simple as you go in thinking you're going to have a vaginal delivery and you have a C-section and that changes a lot too. For sure. Yeah. It really is probably one of the biggest lessons we have in life of letting go of control, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. And it's hard and it's hard, especially because it's also this tiny human that we're wholly responsible for and we want to do right by. And also it's on the job training. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, there's so many factors. There's just so many factors. Well, this has been really good. I can't wait to share your book. I'm hosting a baby shower in a couple of weeks. I'm going to give her this book and oh, um, thank I can't you. wait to give it to her. Oh, that's so <laughs> sweet. I, uh, yeah, I think gonna... it's a great baby shower gift. Mm-hmm. I really think it's a great new grandma book gift. Yeah, I mean, that's a gift. great idea. Because I think it really speaks to and reminds those of us who are older that there's a lot that's different now. Mm -hmm. And also there are things that you have forgotten that are just brought to mind and you go, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah. And it's absolutely really helpful. Yeah. It's been interesting. A lot of my friends who have the book, their husbands have kind of picked it up and looked through Mm -hmm. it. And the same thing that kind of the theme they've all heard was, is it really (laughs) like this for you? And (laughs) yeah, it was. Yeah. A great book for anybody. In addition to the audio book or yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I think new moms get them the hard copy and get them the audio book because (laughs) if they don't finish the book, they'll find the other option. Yeah. So do you have any final words of wisdom, any last words to say before we wrap this up? You know, I just want new moms to know that it's hard for everyone. It really is. And they're not doing anything wrong and they're not alone. And it's not that they're doing anything wrong. This is hard for everyone. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. It's Mm -hmm. harder than you expect. It's better than you expect. And everyone, you're a great mom because you're exactly what your kid needs. Mm -hmm. Your baby needs you and they need you to take care of yourself so you can take care of them. And that's why sometimes it's okay to say, all right, enough about the baby. Right. What about the mom? Yeah, We're never forgetting the baby. The baby's always at the top of the pyramid, but the mom needs to be right underneath. Right. Yeah. That's so great. Thank you so much for being thank here. And all the best to you with your book. I hope oh, you just, thank you. Yeah, goes it goes straight to the top. To yeah. It's fun talking thank to you. you. Thanks. If you love today's episode, take a minute and subscribe to our podcast. And one last thing, I'd love to pray for you and your baby if you'd like for me to. You can email me at ask at nurturednoggins.com. Your request can be as simple as just one word, or it can include an explanation. Either way, you can trust that I will pray for you. 
It's a quiet, simple way that I can connect with you and your family and support you in your parenting journey.